Introducing the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast with New York Times bestselling author Christine Carlson. With 25 million copies in print, learn how the Don't Sweat wisdom can help you achieve greater mental health and better communication with your family, friends, and coworkers from a beloved teacher. Rediscover your passion, joy, and self-compassion to awaken your most vibrant life. Listen in now for the Practicing Happiness series featuring Christine's interviews with experts in the art and science of happiness and discover how you can master life in a way that will help you fulfill your human potential. Hi, and welcome back to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast. This is Christine Carlson. Before we begin today, let's go ahead and take our golden pause. So wherever you are, just sit comfortably with your legs uncrossed. And if you're seated on the floor, then sit Indian style with your hands open on your lap. Put your shoulders back and get really settled in and just begin to breathe with me. So just breathe in, allowing your chest and your belly to expand, taking in the maximum amount of oxygen. Full, deep belly breath in, and then just go ahead and exhale, letting go, relaxing. And then on this next inhale, breathe in sunlight to every cell of your being, golden sunlight, all the way to the top of your head, to your fingers, to your toes, this rich golden sunlight. And as you exhale, just let go relaxing more deeply. This time, as you breathe in, breathe in love. Fill your heart with love. Fill your core with love. And as you exhale, let go of fear, relaxing more deeply. And this time, as you breathe in, place your hand on your heart, opening your heart, activating your heart, And think of something you feel incredibly grateful for. It could be a person, a place, a thing. It could be for this moment right here, right now. And just feel that gratitude as you breathe. And as you exhale, just let go and open your eyes. So I'm really excited about um, this podcast today. We have a very special guest as part of our second, um, our second interview for this series called Practicing Happiness. Karen Salmonson is one of the most creative women I've ever known, and she is the ex-senior VP award-winning ad writer and creative director at age 27, who left her successful advertising career to pursue her passion of writing, and boy has she been writing. She is now the founder of the popular inspirational site NotSalmon.com and best-selling author and designer with over 1 million books sold. Did you hear that number? 1 million books sold and over 1.3 million fans on Facebook. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been watching that fan base grow for years now. And I have to say, I've been always a little envious, but totally proud to call Karen Salmonson my friend. (laughs) She's known for creating self-help for people who never would be caught dead reading self-help. 
some of her titles, How to Be Happy, Damn It. Now I remember seeing that one in Richard's pile of books that he read. The Bounce Back book, Prince Harming Syndrome, and Think, her most recent, recent book, Think Happy. She's also the founder of the Do It program. You'll find a link in, this, in the email that comes in a revolutionary downloadable digital course with tools to stop emotional eating. That's the Do It program. And the Never Again program, a life-changing downloadable online course to help people heal and move on from toxic love. Boy, don't we all need that at different times in our lives. She's been written up in the New York Times Business Week, Chicago Tribune, LA Times, Philadelphia Inquirer, Time Magazine, Elle, Marie Claire, Fast Company, and more. And she's been a happiness expert on the Today Show, The View, Fox & Friends, CNN, Mill Maher Show, Bill Maher Show, WPIX, and she was also a regular lifestyle reporter for Fox TV and hosted the famed serious radio show, Be Happy, Damn It. And phew, she says she's exhausted, and I wonder why. <laughs> Welcome, Karen. Oh, it's so great to be here. Oh my gosh. Well, we are so lucky to have you, and I'm, I can't wait to dive into your latest book, Think Happy. But first, um, let's, let's just let our listeners get to know you a little bit. Like, you can talk about what your favorite thing to do is, or how you got on track to the happiness movement, and have played such a huge role in that, or whatever you feel like talking about. What do you feel like sharing? <laughs> Well, let's see, I've always been really fascinated by happiness and psychology. I'll start in the very beginning, like when I was a kid. I used to read Psychology Today magazine and Mad Magazine. And I don't know if people, you know, that aren't our age, you know, know what Mad Magazine is. Is that still around? Is that still oh, yeah. Hot? Yeah, I think it still is yeah. around. So I kind of, um, I sometimes think that my books are kind of like if you took Psychology Today put Mad Magazine, put them in a blender, and pressed frappe. Like, that would be like, <laughs> happy, happy, damn it. You know, because I love humor. I write, I always infuse my books with humor. Even the most serious subject is not, you know, protected from my having, like, a feisty, humorous, you know, tone about it. You know, even when I write about my, I've written about my um, sexual assault, I've used humor. You know, it, it's how I release things. So it shows up in my books that way. And I really think, in general, humor is a really helpful healing tool. I encourage my coaching clients to try to laugh at themselves. It kind of jiggles loose your ego, your ego's attachment to it. Like I, I once I once joked, boy, I'm really doing free consciousness here. That's to good. Start off. That's your good. Let's go. <laughs> Off all over the place, either that or it's the coffee. I had coffee and meditation, a very dynamic duo. But um, I once joked that um, my idea of comedy, oh gosh, this is really feisty. Okay, we'll start off feisty. Is I said this as a joke, okay? That when, um, when bad things happen to anybody who is not me, and it was just a joke, it was just a joke, like someone else falling. But if I fall, hey, that's not funny, you know? But then I thought about it because I'm a philosophical girl, and I thought, you know, I can laugh at me. It's all about removing your ego. Anybody that's like, I'm not attached to it, so I can see the humor in something bad. But if I can remove my own ego, then hey, comedy is even when bad things happen to me because I'm removing my ego. I'm loosening my ego. So you know that you're, you've healed when, when you can laugh at something and see the humor in it. 
you know, well, you know what I, I love about starting out this way is you've kind of just dove right into one of the first practices that I think happy people really do. And, and that is because is use humor as, you know, like you say, like that healing tool. I know like when my daughters and I were dealing with that awful stalker that we had for so many years, one of the ways that we dealt with that in our household was with humor. You know, we would we would kind of make a joke out of his latest, you know, his latest move or his latest insult to injury, you know, and it, and it helped us a lot just to stay detached from the suffering part of the story, you know, from that we were being targeted from the fact that we had this menace on us, you know, and, and it really, it really helped heal a lot. And would you say like that, that is one of the practices of happy people? Absolutely. Definitely. Um, it, it also shows like, I think unhappy people, you always have a choice of a million interpretations for something and grumpy people pick like the most pessimistic interpretation. And happy people are able to see the other 999,999 or whatever it is. Um, they can see so many different choices for how you can interpret when something bad happens to you. And you can see the humor. You can, you can, uh, you can let go of just staying stuck on the one negative interpretation. And I think laughter shows that you're able to see, you know, more than just the original, you know, ouch. You know? Yeah, it's like detaching from the the storyline a little bit, like not it, being. Well, people like the John Stewart show when it was on the Daily Show is because, you know, it it loosens up. Really, who wants to? You know, the news is just such a depressing place. So people welcome, you know, being informed while not being depressed. It's like, okay, I know some people, and I might have been, you know, one of them at times, who they wouldn't read the newspaper, but they'd watch Jon Stewart's The Daily Show, and then they'd know what's going on in the world, but it, it kept them from being depressed about what's going on in the world, but they weren't, like, oblivious either, you yeah, know? I think that's a great way to um, to stay in touch with, with what's going on. I mean, I'm missing his show a lot these days, too. What have you replaced that show with in your life? <laughs> I have to read the news, maybe, yeah. you know, but I'm happy somehow anyway. I just kind of like my own head, tell my own jokes about it. Yeah. But, but here's my chance to name drop, actually. I know John Stewart. I know him. Oh, really? My books, when he was first starting out, um, I interviewed him for something. I was, you know, a magazine article, I think uh, it was Mademoiselle Magazine. And... I thought he was so cute and funny and everything. And, uh, and I just finished my, my novel. I had a funny novel and I gave it to him to read and he took it on the road and he called me up and he goes, Oh, I love your, your novel. It's so funny. You, you know, you could be a stand up comic, yada, yada. And he wasn't quite famous. He's just like a little bit famous enough that Mademoiselle wanted me to interview him, but not like daily show famous. So I said, you know, John, I want you to give me an official blurb saying how funny I am because I'm a stockbroker's daughter <laughs> and you are a stock about to go up and that blurb will be worth something. Oh someday. my God, you're so smart. <laughs> and, blurb. and then we stayed in touch and actually I was his test guest um, for his pilot for the show that then went on to become The Daily Show. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. So indirectly, I helped launch John Stewart's career because I was on the, the 
the pilot show oh, of that. Wow, that is that's so cool. Little weird trivia. Yeah, that's so cool. So um so let's talk about some of the other things that you find that in your research and just in all the years that you've been writing about happiness, what are some of the other things that happy people do that people who aren't feeling so happy could start to practice to do? Because isn't that kind of it's so odd? Like I've always wondered that. Like why are some people born, you know, just they just seem to have a happier, more jovial personality than other people? I mean, it's just, I guess it's partly DNA, it's partly the way they're nurtured, you know, nature versus nurture, it's the way their brain is wired, there's the happiness quotient, mm -hmm. all of that, you know, and, but I do believe that anybody can raise their happiness quotient by what they practice in life, and what you practice grows stronger. So let's talk about some of the things that you find um, that happy people practice that you know, other people can practice too? Well, um, one of the things I look for if I have a client that's come to me and they're feeling very depressed um, is what I call permanent versus pervasive thinking, um, which is Seligman's term, uh, which I, I then for the, you know, to make it clear right away is I call it looking for the always or the never. Okay. Okay. Grumpy people, and I, I want to use the word grumpy because um, I also want to recognize and honor that there are people out there that have um, chemical depression. Mm -hmm. And whenever I post on Facebook things, I, I always do get people writing, you know, that they might be in a different place. And so I kind of sometimes I choose to say grumpy just so I wanted to make it clear that I do recognize that there are people that have, you know, extreme situations. Yeah, yeah. There are chemical imbalances that you just can't do a lot about. Yeah. There are things you can do, but, but it, there, it makes it more difficult. It's more challenging, yeah. too. Um, so anyway, uh, what I do is I look for the always and the never. Um, and what I mean by that is, let's say you've had a breakup. Uh, some people, after a breakup, tell themselves a story which includes an always and a never. Mm -hmm. This always happens to me. I'll never meet another partner. I always meet, you know, men who cheat. I always meet women who take advantage of me. You know, whatever their story is, it has an always and a never. And it's very rarely that, very rare that it's an always and a never. I used to say it, there's never a never, but then I realized I was being just as, you know, <laughs> it was going, I can't even use never in a positive way. So it's very rare that there's an always and a never. And so first thing I do is I go on a always and never hunting expedition. And I try to figure out, okay, I know there's an always and never there somewhere. And then once I, I spot it, um, I help people to realize the ridiculousness of it. And I force them to dispute it, you know, to be sort of like this tough attorney, put their always and never up on the stand and, you know, show them to be the, the liars that they are. Uh -huh. Find exceptions to the rules, because there's always exceptions. Like even saying, like, um, women my age never meet anybody. You know, I've heard that. And I've heard that, by the way, for ages 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, you know, and it's just not true. You know, my mom met her present boyfriend in her in her 70s, and they've been together. So there's, 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 hope, there's hope for us, Karen. <laughs> 
meditation to listen to in the morning and then a copy of your laugh. <laughs> oh my God. That's hilarious. Okay. Sorry folks. I just had to, that was, that was right. too fun. I love, uh, I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I agree with that wholeheartedly that, um, that's a way that we talk to ourselves, right? And we say those things out loud. They're self-fulfilling prophecies and, you know, um, so what do you, when you, when you find somebody doing that, what do you suggest that they do instead? That's actually a great question because I'm also a big believer. These are all like in my little personal toolbox. And I, I kind of find a way to repeat psychological research in a more fun way so people can make it accessible. Like, you know, um, Seligman says, you know, uh, permanent and pervasive. I, you know make it always and nevers. So one of the things that I say is that it's easier to um, feel happier if you do what I call a stop and swap. Okay. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's a little not salmonism or whatever. And what I mean by stop and swap is if I just say to you, stop, stop doing that always and never. Like maybe I even get you to be a tough attorney and somehow or other, you've convinced yourself, yeah, you know what, that always is a liar. That never really, that's that's not true. But you revert back to it because your brain has this placeholder like, oh, now's the time to think that always, now's the time to think that never. So if you just say stop it and you don't swap it, then your brain naturally keeps going, oh, oh, I, I need something over here. Hello, calling thoughts. And then the always and never, oh, oh, it's me. It's my turn. Always is back again, you know. So you have to do a stop and swap. And um, I actually, this is such a clear thing that I've convinced my son of this. And we use the term stop and swap at home. When we were training our dog, Fluffy, and Fluffy wanted to chew on my sneaker. He found out of everybody in the family, my sneakers are the tastiest. <laughs> <laughs> take the sneaker away from the dog, then the dog's like, you know, okay, there's got to be, you know, and there's then you be another it, sneaker of her somewhere. The other sneaker, you know, um, you have to do a stop and swap. Like, no, not this sneaker. Take the bone. Right. Mm -hmm. And so whenever my son is having, um, you know, you know, meltdown or something, you know, if he's like, I want to play the iPad, you know, right. I can't just say, no, no iPad. I have to do a stop and swap with him. Right. Or if he said about something that didn't happen, you know, you know, martial arts class is not happening today and he's just ruminating on it. I have to slip in, you know, have to trade the martial arts not going on sneaker for the okay, but there's a movie over here bone. Like mm -hmm. I have to do stop and swap. And I think that that's something that all, all people can do. It's not just enough to stop the negative thinking. You have to swap it, which is actually, it leads me to a you know, very easy way to lead into my newest book, uh, Think Happy, because that's what it's about. It's about giving you all your negative thought sneakers. My Think Happy book has all the positive thought bones, like the oh, things that you need. Okay, cool. One-liners that are fun to repeat and catchy. Like, like a lot of affirmations. Uh, here's another thing. 
I think sometimes affirmations don't work for people because people that are really grumpy um, are so grumpy that a pot, something that's so hyperbolic as a meditation they might be resistant to. For example, let's say I'm grumpy because I'm my career is in trouble and I'm not making any money. And I have to read this affirmation that says, I am incredibly rich. Money is coming <laughs> towards me in bundles. I like hear this and I'm like, uh, I don't think so. It's but not believable. It, it's not believable. Right. If you can tell yourself something that, again, has a little humor because I'm a big fan of that. Um, and you know, and is catchy, then your mind will hold on to it. It's sort of like you can't get a jingle out of your head. So these are sort of like positive thought jingles. I think that, that's so exciting. Did I ever tell you that Richard, he was, um, he was going to write a book called psych ups once. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like what you've done with think happy. Uh, I, you know, and more, I wish I, I could have met him. He sounds so amazing. <laughs> well, well, he, he really was, but I think that's so cool, um, that you've done this little book and it's like all yeah. your other, it's really easy, easy to keep around, throw in your purse. Um, you can, you know, it's simple to read, right? Very simple. It has my, you know, my, the graphics, I'm a designer as well as a, a writer, so I try to, you know, I joke like a, a spoonful of eye candy helps the self-help medicine go down. So there's a lot of eye candy in the book, too. I think it makes a great gift book, a great stocking stuffer for the holidays, too, So because it's attractive, it's small, it'll fit in a stocking, and it's just a great gift book. I mean, I, I've given your, last time you came out with your happiness journal, I bought like 10 of them for my what now participants and at the retreat and they loved it. And it was just a nice little throw in the gift bag. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, that's how I wanted it. It's like one for me and 10 for you, 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 and you. Yeah. 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 And so how important is it for us to, I mean, what, what does it do for us to be happier? What do you think? Like I know the research shows all sorts of things like it gets us a better job. It gets us higher pay at jobs. Um, but beyond that, like, what is your take on that, Karen? Like, what, what do happy people attract that, that unhappy people have a more difficult time? I hate to make grumpier people grumpier, but <laughs> okay. people lose out. Now grumpy people are getting really grumpy. Um, better health. Yep. Better sex life. Yeah. You know, better relationships. You know, it's pretty much across the board. And the health thing I, I find very interesting. You know, um, there's one study that people that are really angry don't heal as quickly. Ah. If, you know, you're in, you know, uh, I don't wish this on anybody, but you're in a car accident and you're angry at the other person, you won't heal as fast. So it's actually in your own self-interest to let go of the anger at other people that have hurt you for your own health's sake and longevity's sake. You know, people that have love in their lives, um, they heal better after surgery, after an illness. Um, you know, they say that if you've had like a really loving partner there with you, that that increases your chance of, of healing from different illnesses and stuff like that. There's lots of research on that. So it's interesting. The mind and body are in total cahoots. 
you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it is true that what we say to ourselves, um, you know, and the way we think, I mean, that thinking is just the very basic of our, um, the very beginning of our actions, right? So if we can think happier and, and do your swap, what did you call it? Swap? Stop and swap. Stop and swap. I call it, I, I call it stop and drop. <laughs> Notice stop and drop. <laughs> stop and swaps. Yeah. And and um that that is like one of the greatest happiness practices, really. It begins with your thinking and your thoughts. So well Karen. Hmm? The problem is, I'll just sneak this in there. Okay. Is that your thoughts lead to what you do. Right. So it's a ripple effect. So if you want to change your life you have to start you change your thoughts and then that changes your habits happy people are, are more likely to do more positive actions you know and grumpy people are more likely to do self-destructive and other destructive actions so there's a logic there it's not just like the law of attraction it's the law of logic you know i agree with that yeah it makes perfect sense that you know, a happy person is going to attract um, happier circumstances. It just it just does make sense that way. It certainly has been my experience in life, like watching, you know, people around me. And, and they don't have to be like rah-rah happy. It has to be like an element of positive um, expectation that you have for your future. You know, that there's, even amidst change and adversity, there's something in you that knows that it can change and shift into something better. And I think that deep down, you know, that's, that's, that's as good as it gets is when you're in adversity and you can know that even though this sucks and you don't like it, that something better is going to come and something better is going to happen. And that, that's where a positive person remains positive is in that, you know, deeper place of thought that in their faith and their hope for the future. And, um, and that's really what I'm super happy about doing this podcast for is not so much to say, na 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 you're not a happy person. I am, or this person's happy, but more like, you know, this is what we can all do. And we can all raise our level of happiness by practicing habits that are happy. And so I just want to thank you so much for this fun, just cheery conversation that I know that people are going to love um, listening to. And just what would you like to share? Because, you know, at the end of every podcast with an interview, I love to allow um, my guests to share something special that they're offering um, that, you know, I know that the listeners would be interested in. So go ahead, Karen. What would you like to share? Oh, goodness. Um, well, one of the things I'm passionate about is helping people to stop emotional eating. And I have a whole program about that called the Do It Program because I am a recovered stress eater. And there's a lot of interesting research. I, I gobbled up research instead of gobbling up donuts. <laughs> and I about everything I could because I was like, you know, I'm so disciplined about writing. Why am I not disciplined around my son's mac and cheese, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I learned everything I could about stick-to-itiveness and how habits are formed and why people emotionally eat. And the Do It program is all of the psychology, 
that I found out, a lot of NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, and some really quirky, funny, and fun tools. You know, like it's fun even to do the Do It program. You know, if you convince something, if something's fun, people are more likely to do it. So I figured if I'm going to stop emotionally, emotional eating, I'm going to come up with some fun tools. So I find it fun, like a fun game. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's a program that I'm really passionate about helping people stop emotional eating and binge eating and all of that. And it's over on my website, uh, not salmon.com slash do it, do wait, is it? Yeah. D O dash I T. So not salmon. And it's also up on the site under courses and all that. And not salmon. Cause my name is Salmonson. Everybody's going Salmonson. I'm always going not salmon, not salmon. So my website, so it's easy for people to find is not salmon.com. <laughs> and I want to say, um, Karen has just launched a brand new website. It's beautiful. It's packed full of lots of value. It's, she's done it like a magazine. So there's lots of contributors on it. It's gorgeous. And congratulations on launching. We're going to have lots of Christine on there. We're going to get you. <laughs> yeah, soon, yeah. soon. Yeah. So anyways, Karen, thank you so much. Love you so much. You're such a great friend. I feel like, I just want to say Karen and I met on Facebook a number of years ago and we've just been wonderful friends ever since and just had this great, amazing rapport together. A lot of laughter over the years, right, Karen? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I feel blessed. You are like a spiritual sister. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. And um, be sure to come back and listen again. And this series is going to be really fantastic. So tell all of your friends about it so that they can benefit from practicing happiness too. All right. Thanks, Karen. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Practicing Happiness series on the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast with Christine Carlson. Chris has a free gift to offer you. Do you need a daily reminder to practice happiness? You can download a beautiful free print and lock screen for your phone and computer featuring a quote from Dr. Richard Carlson. The reminder you need will be at your fingertips daily. This free gift can be found at christinecarlson.com forward slash happy. Download it now.